Invisibilia is back for a new season with new stories about small personal battles. I'm a different person now. You're fake. And huge cultural issues. This is probably going to get somebody killed. So tune in for Invisibilia Season 4. Hey, y'all. From NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Today on the show, Brian Tyree Henry. You may know him for his work on the award-winning FX show Atlanta. He plays Paperboy, a.k.a. Alfred, the rapper who contains multitudes. Also, Brian was part of the original Broadway cast of The Book of Mormon. And this year, you're going to see him in about half a dozen movies. He's really busy. So, season two of Atlanta just premiered on FX. And I got to tell you, it is even better than the first. If for some reason you're not watching that show, here's a quick description. It is a comedy-slash-drama that follows two cousins. Alfred, a.k.a. Paperboy, is trying to become a successful rapper. His cousin, Earn, is a Princeton dropout trying to manage Paperboy's career. Earn is played by Donald Glover, who is the show's creator and star, also a Grammy-winning musician. Also in the show, the third main character is Darius, Paperboy's best friend. Darius is played by Lakeith Stanfield. Fun fact, we actually interviewed Lakeith on this show last summer. Go check that out if you missed it. Uh, My goal in life, basically, is to interview the entire cast of Atlanta. Universe, make it happen. So, let's get to this chat. I talked with Brian Tyree Henry in person in New York a few weeks back, in the midst of like a crazy snow-slash-sleet-slash-rainstorm. Before I moved back to L.A., uh, also FYI in this chat, Brian and I used the N-word a few times, and we've chosen not to bleep that word. We bleep all the other curse words that happen in this conversation, though. All right, let's get to it. Atlanta Season 2 is on FX Thursday nights. Enjoy. All right, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I can recall a better first season of a show. Wow. Y'all got all the acclaim, all the awards. Yeah. I I can't even count the number of critics that said, this is the best comedy of the year. Yeah. Did you expect any of that going into the project? I didn't expect to ever work. Like, I didn't expect to ever be, like, on a show on FX, like, with Donald Glover doing a comedy where I could say nigga on, like, cable. Like, and I all the time. Y'all say like, all the time. Like, I didn't expect that it, there would be a show about, like, the, the town that I've always loved. Like, I went to college in Atlanta. Yeah, it's Morehouse, like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was, like, Atlanta was the best, and still is to me one of the best cities. Like, you know, second to New York. I'm not going to go You crazy. like New York? I love it here. Are you living here mostly now? Yeah, or I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay. a resident of Harlem, man. I oh, live I here. Yeah, okay. I've been living here for 11 years. I was years. in uh, Tryon Park this morning running. Ah, wait. So you were like close to the hood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, this is home. It's But on days like this, it's hard. Yeah, rain like, and snow, wintry mix. Here's the thing about like New York is like you sign on for this. You know what I mean? You sign on for it. That's why it's like yeah. if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But why would I choose to make it somewhere hard? I mean, like, but you know, you you learn because one, like, I'm gonna sound like such a geek. Like the culture here, the friendships you make here, like, and you also get this other side of being an asshole that is very cherished. Like once you realize that your is here, when you go out into the other parts of the world, you can cherish not being such an. Okay. It's kind of it's like right. a weird Zen kind of Buddha <laughs> thing. It's like New York is kind of a religion in that way. Like 
You I, know, that is actually correct. It, it, it kind of is. Yeah. And diff- I've been in almost every borough. I even make, made the trip to Jersey City. Oh damn! I once lived in Jersey City. And, <laughs> and so, like, and so, like, I mean, you had a circuitous, not circuitous, but it's you decided. I, I probably am using that halfway wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You went into Morehouse a business major, right? I went into Morehouse on probation, actually. Of what? Yeah, because my SAT scores, this is what they said, my SAT scores were not competitive enough. Oh, not like criminal probation. No, I didn't like, I didn't beat anybody's <laughs> And they were like, well, you've got a record. No, it was academic probation. Mm-hmm. So they were already telling me, eh. And uh, I don't like when people tell me, eh. Yeah. So I stayed the course, went, and they were like, all you got to do is keep 15 hours of credit courses you can't choose a major and we'll choose all your classes for you which were all remedial so really? I was doing like remedial vocabulary remedial math and of course my whole thing is like I'll show you yeah 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 and so after the first semester I got a 4.0 and was like so do you want to keep me like what's your deal yeah like if it wasn't for the city of Atlanta, like I don't know if I would have continued and stayed there. And, and like the friendships that I fostered and the culture that was in yeah, Atlanta, yeah. like once I found the theater arts department at Spelman, I was like sold. Really? Because I was like, if I I could get up for this class at eight o'clock in the morning really? and do this, you when know? did you discover that class? Was it was it not until second semester sophomore year. And that's when you were like, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. Well, I still wasn't like I want to be an actor. I was just like, this is fun. Huh. I never said that I was going to be an actor at all. So when did you reach that moment where you're like, I'm doing this? Three weeks ago. Stop. I'm not joking. Like, honestly, like, I, I literally, once I graduated from Morehouse, someone told me to audition for what they call the mafia schools, which apparently are, yeah, I know. Like, when someone, like, when someone rolls up on you and is like, yo, you should audition for mafia schools, I'm like, I'm going to get killed. Uh, but it was basically the schools that have this, like, kind of... um tradition of creating a lot of great artists like so you know nyu juilliard yale and um, you went to yale and i went to yale how long between morehouse and yale right after i graduated really so i moved right after i graduated straight to yale that for that fall and um was there for three years and then i booked a show at the public theater i did shakespeare in the park uh three months before i had to how many viewers of atlanta (laughs) <laughs> would think that the man that played Paperboy. Yeah, was. man, and I had to leave school three months early because um, I had to start doing that, and um, and I, New York just kept me here. You know, like hmm. the theater, the theater. Um, you're not gonna find theater uh, revered in anywhere else in the world than you do yeah. like in New York, and um, you create these communities and you stay here now. Flash forward to yeah. whatever year it was that I got, you know, I was in Book of Mormon, the musical, like, because the workshop is what makes, like, theater go around here. You, you just got to pause and tell people, you were in the original cast of yeah. the Broadway yeah. Book of Mormon. <laughs> I played the general and Satan, yeah. Uh, yeah it was great. <laughs> Did you sing in it? Uh, on and off. Like, I started singing off stage, and then, like, as my character morphed, I just, like, had to act, but... I sang, yeah, like, you know, you sang the finale and stuff like that, but I, I was an ensemble at first, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of that, I was like, mm, I think I think my character is a lead. Like, I was just like, I feel like yeah. there's something, there's something. And yeah. uh, and after we opened, I got made a lead, which doesn't really happen on Broadway musicals like that. Like, How long were you on it? I was on it for two years prior to that. I was workshopping it uh-huh. every year until it got picked up to Broadway. And wow. so I was made a lead. Got because I just wanted a bow. I was like, I feel like I need a bow because <laughs> yeah. like I'm like one of the biggest laughs is happening with me. Yeah, you know, let me smell myself a little bit, you know. And I got the bow, but then they were like, so yeah, now you have to be here for a year. Like now that you're a lead. Yeah, you're, the minimum is being here for a year, and I stayed with it for three years. Huh? Yeah, and that was a huge. I'm, Did I you just, like it? 
It was a different experience. It's it was hard. it's hard. Like Broadway you're, you're is hard, grinding. man. Like let me tell you something. How many shows a week? It's eight shows a week, six days, God. six days a week. And if your show is popular, it's a never never ending. Like there's yeah. no end in sight. You know, so then I got, you know, this this offer for Atlanta years down the line because I was with... So they came to you? Well, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I still had audition. Like, okay. you know, and uh, but uh, I left Book of Mormon. Okay. I finally left. And what year did you leave it? 2014? Okay. It was 2014. And then did you have stuff lined up or you were just like seeing what was No, next? I had nothing. And I, that was when I was like, well, if you're really going to stick to this, because at this point I was in my 30s, you know what I mean? I was like, are you going to do this or you're not? How old are you? I'm 35. Oh, I'm 33. Hey, you baby. Oh, That's a Jesus. It's your Jesus year. You know what happened when he was 33? Yeah, I know. I, look, but I went through it too, bro. You're going to have to go through some. <laughs> you're going to go through it. Oh, Lord. But it's only February. Oh, you got a whole year of this. Well, I turned 34 in August. <laughs> you still got half a year to go through it. Like, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I just realized, like, hey, man, if you're going to do this acting thing, you better really do it. Like, mm-hmm. And if not, I was like, that's fine. I will figure out what, whatever I'm going to do. Like, what I was your backup plan? Uh, probably the same as I had in college when I didn't think I was going to study acting. I was going to go back to Washington, D.C., where my sisters are, and do security. You know, I was like a single dude. You know, I got some some degrees under my belt. I'll just like do security. Do security? A, what do you mean? Like do a security job. Like you know, like work at like the federal building and like you know inspect people's bags and like go home and then like you know watch Hulu. That's what that was your backup plan. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was like I'll figure it out. I just always been a person of like the universe will put you where you're supposed to be if you listen. The problem is when you choose not to listen, which most of us do. But, like, for me, I was like, I I have a feeling that I would land where I need to. But mm-hmm. when it came to me leaving Book of Mormon, I knew that I couldn't be there anymore. Mm. And I literally was like, well, whatever I want to do, if it's going to be in this acting thing, I need to get out of some, this something. First. I have to get out of this. And God bless my manager that I have now, Jennifer Wiley Stockton, who's one of the best. I had literally known her for seven years before I said, let's work together. Yeah. Which is me not listening to the universe. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Like, if I had listened seven years ago, there's no telling where I would have been. Yeah. But, I mean, you're still doing okay. Yeah, you're still doing all right. Yeah. You know, all things considered. <laughs> hey. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she gave me this script, and I was like, oh, Atlanta. I was like, wait, it's called Atlanta, though? I was like, ain't nobody making no show called Atlanta. Oh, that fact? You know what I mean? Because at that point, you got Little Women Atlanta. You got Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. You got all (laughs) things Atlanta that you're just like, eh, I don't know what representation of Atlanta you're going to do. And then when I saw that it was like scripted and everything, I was like, okay, okay. And uh, I read like the first few pages, man. And I was like, Alfred. Like, I love this dude. You didn't I know have any that. reservation about playing a rapper? Not, not one, because it was never even about that. Like, yeah. when I read Alfred, I was like, first of all, his name is Alfred, so that's great. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. This concept of, of like, him with his cousin. Because I have this thing about brotherhood. Like, you know, I have this fraternal, I that, I have this I, fraternal yeah. thing, you know, because I never had brothers. I grew up in a house full of nothing but women. Like, How many? Four older sisters. Oh. Uh, I'm the uncle to 12 nieces and nephews, like, you wow. know, and then I'm the great uncle to six, I think, now. So you had, like, five mothers. Yeah, all together, five moms. And, um, you know, like, I just always just wanted to know what this brotherhood, f- fraternal kind of feeling yeah, was, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. I was never searching for father figures, but brother figures brother are figures. what I wanted, which I think is more important, you know what I mean? Because it's like... Well, you, longer lasting. 
Yeah, yeah, and like you, and you can find them anywhere. Honestly, yeah. like you can find them, any, and especially the relationship between black men, like that, like when two, when it's two black dudes together as friends who you know, like will hold each other up and it's do whatever. They, it's awesome. Funny enough, I we interviewed Lakeith Stanfield on the show. Oh yeah, months ago. Oh yeah, and he talked about the moment you and he had on some red carpet or some award show where you hugged. Yeah, publicly, it was on the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. and he was like. I think it's beautiful and good for the world to see that kind of relationship and that kind of friendship. He said that two black men. Oh yeah, it's it, it's in the episode. I love that man. He's great. I He's love my, that. Like literally, when I met Keith, it was so instant that I just uh, he just became my little brother. And he talks a lot of shit, so you you really? you have to be willing to like, <laughs> like he he does this little thing like you kind of want to like get him by the neck and be like oh yeah you gonna keep okay like let me show you but it's like he's he's yeah. he's great and I yeah. and I think that that's what was so exciting about doing the show, um, especially with Keith. Uh, as my best friend it's like yeah. you know like there there's like something that happened this season and like and I want to give it away but like there, there's a beef between Darius oh and, I see it in the first episode okay, you so haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it yet I just watched it earlier today uh, but did, I like we literally showed up on set and it didn't tell us what we were beefing about I, yeah the first episode didn't tell you either didn't say, you just know yeah. they're beefing okay you just know they're beefing and it was weird cause like it starts off and you're like aren't they yeah they're cool yeah and uh when they yell cut we weren't talking to each other. You had to like internalize <laughs> we the beef because it was just so it was so awful. <laughs> and I remember looking at Donald. I was like, "You, <laughs> like, 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 I can't talk to Keith now, man." I was like, "I usually like, I mean, when I tell you, me and Keith, like, we were usually going like having a good time. Yeah, but there was something like we're getting in the van, going to set, not talking to each other. Oh, we're goodness. like eating lunch, like, and when they finally, finally yelled, like that the scene was over, we ran <laughs> to each other, like, oh, man, no. I'm so sorry. Like, okay, okay, that's in the past, man. It's in the past. All right, that's good. We ain't got to do that. Okay, it's done. <laughs> it was so bizarre, and I think even before we filmed the scene, I remember looking at him. Uh -huh. We're talking, and I just like we just hugged each other, oh. and we went about our own way. Uh, but that that was painful. Like it was that's just like crazy. Oh man. And I think the same thing, you know, definitely happened with Donald uh, and I this season because Donald, I mean, I really feel like he's like my family. Like yeah. I really feel like he's my cousin. Like yeah. like that. Uh, and we we both get into some stupid. <laughs> you know, we both get into some stuff. But like with him, it's like. You know, you see that Ern has the baby, and he has the girl, and he has this, and but you think that I don't know what's going on with you, and why can't you share these things with me? So this mm. season, I'm basically like, well, whatever, you know. And you know, like you saying that your character Paperboy is very much like whatever. I love the whateverness about <laughs> Paperboy, and there's a certain like remove that he is always at mm. which seems to me I guess to be in such contrast to like the stuff you were doing when you were on stage and on Broadway was yeah. it hard to channel a character who's so subdued no huh. I mean Alfred for me is and this is gonna sound so Daniel Day-Lewis esque but people love Daniel Day-Lewis uh, I know they do right like people <laughs> love this man I was like he's yeah. in a movie just riding with his foot and y'all are like Daniel <laughs> Day-Lewis He's amazing. <laughs> uh, no diss on Daniel because I don't want no, none of Love these people Daniel. rolling up on me, man. You know, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to roll up on Phantom Paperboy. Phantom Thread. <laughs> like, you'll never know. Um, he's method. Uh, so, uh, but like, uh, with Alfred, I just really wanted, um, what's on paper is what's on paper 
<laughs> and he's paper boy. That's yeah. funny. I just saw the relation. I like that. Uh, but what's on paper for him is what's on paper, but it's what's not said about him. That about it's the like, eye rolls. Well, you know, physical. because he's very aware. This is his home. You know, like Atlanta is his home. That's where he's been. He has not left. Mm-hmm. He has not left this town. He has probably not been on a plane to see anywhere else. This is his place. Mm-hmm. And now he has to... I've been using this word so much this year, so please forgive me Go if ahead. anybody's listening. Like, this is the second time this thing said traverse. But traverse, <laughs> he has traversed this land. <laughs> He's had to traverse this traverse. land. Traverse. You know what I'm saying? It's biblical. And I love it. Uh, uh, he has to learn how to navigate through this land that he's always known, and now it's not as safe as it used to be because now he's exposed in a certain yeah. way. So and, the place that he knows, all of a sudden, it's different. It's different, you know? Like, it's, it's not the haven that it used to be for him anymore you know what i mean and the same kind of went for me as well uh coming back to new york and going back to atlanta this time you know what i mean i was like when we filmed atlanta we wrapped atlanta the first season we had a year off you know yeah. and like and then you go back to atlanta this time and you're like oh they know you oh oh what's what's good yeah. it was a, you know do you like that it's new, man like I, I had the luck that's what i love about it. see this is also what i love about new york people don't give a f- about what you do like they really don't like they could sit next to Dame Judi Dench and still eat like a cheese plate on the train and not give a (laughs) that Dame Judi Dench is on her way to a show like nobody cares you know and there's a greatness about that there's a respect about that but then in Atlanta this time it was really kind of scary because it was like I can't go to the mall like I wanted to how big were the crowds I mean like everything in Atlanta is a crowd homie like like, everything's (laughs) popping in Atlanta all the time but like if I wanted to go to the Waffle House which I Love the waffle How do you do your house. Hash browns? That's none of your business. Uh, no, no, okay, like hold on. Now that's a personal. That's <laughs> real <laughs> personal, bro. Okay, I don't know the word. Smothered and covered, and smothered and covered. Okay, onions, ham, gravy for me. Okay, like what I like them smothered and covered. Like what is, mean, there's a cheese. There's a cheese, the gravy, the onions, and uh, there's something else. I think the ham is in there too. Yeah, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't. I can't abide American cheese. But if, first of all, if you're at a Waffle House, period, I, I don't get you, did, you made house. some choice at your day that already wasn't kosher that, to get you there. Like I don't ever, I don't think I've ever eaten at Waffle House like when the sun's up. Like I think I'm always yeah. at Waffle House like after three a.m. And I've never gotten to a Waffle House after a day full of good choices. Because let me tell you something, uh, Waffle House was actually like my character study. Like I would, I even dragged my manager there one night. Wait, I was like, just come with me. 4 a.m., we're going to go to Buford Highway or whatever in Atlanta, and we're just going to sit in this waffle. We're going to eat, and we're going to wipe. And that's how you would prep for Paperboy? Well, not just for Paperboy, but just like like to To get 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 in the vibe of of the A. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and this Waffle House in particular was by this club. Like, like this by this club? Like, I don't remember which club it was, but you had everybody coming up in there, man. And I just thought, I was like, just be quiet. Just sit. That's what I loved about Atlanta, man. Every nook and cranny has something has to it. Like, you know, you can go to Bankhead and then go to Buckhead and then go to East Atlanta and then go to, you know, like, it, it just, everything, the people there were loving and great and mm-hmm. receiving, but mm-hmm. at the same time, Atlanta's going to be Atlanta with, with, with or without us there. All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, Brian talks about how mother figures in his life worked their way into his character on Atlanta. Also talks about his friendship with Sterling K. Brown, who you probably know from his work on This Is Us. Also, Brown is hosting SNL this weekend. Didn't know that when Brian and I talked. All right, BRB. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? 
Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter can help. Their technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash minute. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What's unique about the human experience and what do we all have in common? I'm Guy Raz. Every week on TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey through the big ideas, emotions, and discoveries that fill all of us with wonder. Find it on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. What I love about Paperboy in the show, he's quiet a lot, but you can see that the wheels are always turning. All the time. And then when he does talk, he says so much with like a line. Like there's this line in the, the premiere of the new season where... Donald Glover's character is trying to negotiate this beef you spoke of and you call him and he wants to put you on speakerphone and you say as Paperboy so deadpan nigga take me off speakerphone (laughs) (laughs) and it's one line but it contains multitudes I mean I think that's the gift of what we do right like I think that that's and you know I learned a lot of that from um, my family how you so? know, like, because, you know, you got, you, you like, being, both of us are black men, and, you know, we were raised by black women, yeah. and, you know, there's the thing of, like, public and private things that oh, you yeah. do. And uh, the, some of the things that our mothers neglected to tell us is, like, when is it okay to do the private things in public? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'll never forget my mother when we would go to movies, because I'm the youngest. So At least like, you got to go to the movies. We were so Pentecostal growing up. We couldn't go to the movies. We, now, dude. let me tell you something. We didn't go to the movies when they came out. We went to the dollar movie, right? <laughs> to the dollar movie. Yeah. So this shit had already been out for like six months. And like, you're going to the dollar movie. And All I, your friends and told you the you whole know, plot. You're already like, well, like, I mean, like the way I learned Disney was like book on tape and then like the dollar movie. Uh, so like, we go to the dollar movie. And I remember, like, even at the dollar movie, you had a child discount. Now, mm-hmm. it usually would be like, you had to be like eight and under. Uh-huh. To get the child discount, and my mother was going up there flossing. She was like, "Yeah, you know, um, uh, we've got two adults and like four kids." And uh, <laughs> how old were y'all? Though? I was eleven, and you were the youngest. And I'm the baby, so my <laughs> sisters knew the drill to just shut up. But I was like, "But mom, I'm ten. And I just remember her looking at me, oh, like just abort, look, abort. looking at me, and she was like, "Okay, yep, I guess that's what it is. Now we got it." And when I go in this theater, and she was like, "You know what to do next time, right?" You know. And I was like. I don't even want to see the movie now. Yeah. I was like, yeah. are we that broke that you were so upset <laughs> that you didn't get 50 cents off this? Man, and it was just like, look, like you just know the look. So Paperboy is channeling your mom. Yeah, man, honestly. Like, honestly, like there's that. a, because in a way he's everybody's mom and everybody's father too. You know what I mean? Uh. Like he really is. Like I'm the one that has the connection with Ern's parents, not Ern. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, uh. he, like I'm the one that's there kind of like with your daughter that you haven't like been mm. with and like I have to be everybody's mom and everybody's dad and, and that's wow. the thing about this season I it's, never thought about it yeah, that way like, but you were spot on yeah and I was like and in this season you see it a lot that it's like it's wearing on him a little bit he does in a way carry so much of the, of, of the emotional weight yeah I love but that. the thing is it's like he 
I don't know. Like Alfred, like what I like, and someone said they were like every time you talk about Alfred, like you light up. There's something about because I'm very protective of him. Like he, there's something. That's why I never refer to him as Paperboy. Like I'm like that's what y'all uh, get to talk to him. I'll talk about him as like. But he's Alfred. That, like, he's Alfred, man. I, I, I apologize now for the disrespect. No, it's all good. But Alfred. I mean, like it's just what you because you only are able to call him Al or Alfred unless you're within his circle. You know that phrase, no squares in my circle. So like he's very much <laughs> like he's very much like you, you got to earn it. You Who know. writes Alfred's lyrics? Oh, I, I, I love that song. Play it, Brent. Wait, which song? Paperboy, paperboy. Oh, paperboy. Paperboy, paperboy. Always back that paperboy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Did you write that? No, I definitely didn't write that. That All that goes to Donald Glover. I can hear this on the radio now. Yeah, that's the thing. And this season, there's supposed to be a new single. Are y'all going to, like, glee this stuff up and, like, put the songs from the show on the radio? Well, you know what? If you go to FX now, the app, um, you can actually go. Nice plug. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm good at this. All right, yeah. guys, I'm You're good a, at this. How do you say a radio Just professional? But... <laughs> uh, but if you go to the FX Now app, which I discovered, they will show you each song that's in each episode huh. from season one. Huh. Like, and it's real, really brilliantly done. Like, it will show you the artwork of the album and what. Like, it will tell you play by play, episode by episode, what song was. And you used. guys were using a bunch of music like from the culture right yeah, now. Yeah, man. The show, like, that's Donald. That's Donald and Steven. So Donald man. was doing the, the yeah. music. Let, let, let's talk about how slick Donald is. Like the fact sure. that Donald just won an, uh, a Grammy for an album that he was doing while we were filming the first season, and nobody knew. Like I was like, dude, when did Wait, you? Wait, he was time? doing his latest album while yeah. also doing Atlanta. Yes. If you look in episode nine in the back, like when he's in the uh, the the study of the white dude for Juneteenth, yeah, you will see the album cover. Of, of uh, awaken my, my love. love, yeah, right there. It's sitting right there, and I was like, "What?" Mind I was blown. like, "So that means that this dude was literally." And I was because I went up and down. I was like, "We were together every day," and he was like, making the album behind <laughs> your back. Like I was like, "What weird like black hole do you jump into in another universe and create this masterpiece?" But that's what he he was doing it while we were there. Man. How does he get the energy for it? That's he doesn't sleep. I don't think he. I, 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 part of me thinks he's like a cyborg. You know, but I mean, like, he, he, I can do all things through Donald Glover. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's something, you know. I love it. He's brilliant, man. I he's love a it. brilliant, brilliant man. So he wrote the lyrics. Yeah, I think him and his brother both, and that's his brother rapping. That's not me. That's his brother's voice. That's Stephen Glover's Glover. voice. Yeah, man. What do you want? So much of the show is this wonderful social critique and satire. And. Y'all are saying some interesting things about the state of things. I'm thinking about the episode where you're dealing with, I'm um, from the first season, what's it called, Montague? Mont- oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Where you basically are on a fake talk, talk show, show. Within a fake network. Within a fake network. With fake commercials. Yes. That, yeah. But the big thing, and like the overarching theme is the way in which our society now can police speech. Yeah. And there was like a bigger thing in there. Yeah. Looking at the show that is doing such great, social critique and satire what do you want care watchers and viewers to learn from alfred um what is alfred's lesson to us that he's not thinking about you (laughs) (laughs) that he's really not thinking about you because what he has to do is he has to go day by day figuring out exactly where he's going to be especially now that he is paper boy to people why would you put darius on speaker when you know that we aren't talking to each other like what is your problem why would you do that why would you instigate why would you do that Oh, so I, I think that that's where Alfred is getting 
Yeah. And it's going, especially this hearing, season. Hearing, hearing you say that Alfred is not worried about y'all. Like, there, there is, in so many ways in the culture right now, it is almost criminal to say that you don't care. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I don't know. And, like, it, it is refreshing to see so many parts of the show and of Alfred's character kind of say, I don't care. I'm just not here I'm for I'm just, it, like, bro. I'm trying to do me. Uh, what yeah. I will say about Alfred this season is, you know, he's coming to his own sense of, like, appearance. Like, you hmm. know, he takes pride in the way he looks. He mm-hmm. takes pride in the people he's with. Uh, but I don't think he knows the Dow yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think he still has Google alerts of himself yet. <laughs> like, I don't think he's go- ever going to be the kind of person to uh, do his own publicity of like, yo, that's me. Yo, that's da 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 da. Because as soon as he celebrates himself, as you even if you look back at the first episode of the first season, mm-hmm. he tries to holler at a girl and's like, that's me on the radio, and she's like, so what? And now all of a sudden he's back again. And I feel like those things constantly keep happening with him. And he has to constantly not reinvent. I guess reset. Yeah. Yeah. Or reinvent the way he sees himself in a way. Like not not so much reinvent the whole Hmm. machine, but like. Because like the world will constantly keep him in a place of like, no, son. Like, no. Have you had to reset? Every day. You ain't got to finish it. All right. In what ways? I want to know. Tell me. I mean, it's the thing about humility, you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 like, being completely humble to what's around you. Like, I'm so glad to be. There is nothing greater to me than literally getting up again, being back in New York, even if it's slushy, mushy, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, well, it literally was everything. Yeah, it was, it was all snow, that. It was snow, it was rain, it was sleep today. It was today. literally, like, all that. I hated it. And going to rehearsal, to huh. be in this box with, for eight hours or six hours, what have you, with three other actors and a director and a writer, it is literally one of the best things of my so life. So are you saying that you're rehearsing a play right now? Yes, right now as we speak. Can you talk about it? Yeah, it's called Lobby Hero, written by Kenneth, Academy Award winning Kenneth Lonergan. Uh, it stars uh, this amazing actress who I adore named Belle Powley, who I did a movie with last year with Matthew McConaughey uh, called White Boy Rick. Um, mm-hmm. And it stars Michael Sarah, of course, of super bad Scott Pilgrim fame. He Michael Sarah, cool. he's amazing. <laughs> he's the most amazing Canadian I've ever met. <laughs> uh, Which is a high bar because Canadians mean, are pretty amazing. I love Canada. I really do. You know, I don't know what it's people's problem jam. is. I was like, I love Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I've got great friends from Canada. So, yeah. and uh, of course Chris Evans. I mean, like you yeah. know, you know, I don't want to just call him out for Captain America. He does other great movies yeah. like Gifted and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But. Uh, uh, it's just the four of us, and um, it's all about this. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a security guard, Michael's a security guard, and Chris and Bella are police officers, and something like s- situations happen. Okay. Um, you know, and this was written 17 years ago, and the things that are addressed in this play are still really happening. So you know, there's still sexism on the police force. Yeah. There's still you know racism when it comes to like how the NYPD handles crimes, when it comes to race and stuff yeah. like that, and like. It's all there. It's yeah. all there. And uh, it is literally just four people in, in, in this lobby. When is it going to be able uh, to be consumed by the public? Well, the previews start March 1st, which is which is the same day that Atlanta Robbins season premieres as wow. well. So if you don't want to see me on TV and you want to see me on the stage, you can come to the first preview. Or, I, or just do both, everybody. Or do both. Do you both. You know, like, what am I saying? Like, <laughs> or do both. So you got the play, <clears throat> but you're also from what I've read, you're working on six movies this year? Eight. Look at you. I'll try. 
Trying to catch up to Hans, uh, you know, to Lando Calrissian up in here, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to get with Domino, you know? Yeah. Uh, what are yeah. the, can you talk about those? Yeah. Briefly? So, um, coming soon this month, there's going to be a romantic comedy called Irreplaceable You coming out, starring Gugu and Bathara and uh, Mikhail Huseman and Christopher Walken. And um, it's going on Netflix February the 16th. I love how you just drop and Christopher Walken. Yeah, well, I mean, like, because he's a staple in New York. Like, you don't really have to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Christopher Walken. Yeah. Like, how, you know. Yeah, so that's uh, one. That's one. Uh, then I did a movie with Viola Davis and really? and uh, uh, directed by Steve McQueen. It's got Colin Farrell as well and uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Uh, yeah. Academy Award nominee. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, yeah. Daniel, who's one of my great friends. I'm so proud of Look him. Get you friends with everybody. I mean, you got to be friends. Friends, oh, okay. no squares in my circle. So, uh, <laughs> so that's that. Widows. That comes out in the fall. Okay. Uh, I also did a movie with Taylor Schilling called Family, hmm. which should be coming to South by Southwest soon. Okay. Then I'm doing White Boy Rick with Matthew McConaughey, yeah. you know, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, and Belle Powley, who's in the play. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, something else. Oh, Hotel Artemis, which I did with my best friend Sterling K. Brown. I wanted to get uh, into that for Two-time Emmy time, yeah. winner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and who Golden you, Globe who, winner. And y'all, like, called each other the day when y'all both got nominated, right? Uh, yeah, we did. We did. We, like, I mean, he's my best friend. Like, I love I him. Love like, that. And then, you know, I was on his show and got an Emmy nomination because I yeah. decided to swagger jacket. And you sang. I did sing. Yeah, I did. An original song. Yeah. yeah. Standing at the station. Oh, it's cute. Oh. <laughs> I'm just continually, the more you talk about these things you're in and looking at this work on This Is Us compared to Atlanta, you are such a versatile actor. Thank you, man. Like, not a lot of people can do all of these different things. Is there one lesson or truth you've come to find out when it comes to being able to be that versatile of an actor? Like, what is the secret? The only thing that has helped me, man, is, like, literally taking in the life that's going on around you and having the time of your damn life. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's... It's been a pleasure, you know, like I was reading this quote from Shonda Rhimes where she's like, I'm not lucky, just say I'm a badass, you know what I mean? She has this quote about like huh. not being lucky, how she huh. works really hard, and yeah. da 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 because people will always constantly tell me all the time, well, you're lucky you, you're lucky. Like, that's What do you like, say when they tell you that? Uh, I don't say, I act, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not a person of words, I'd rather show you rather than tell you, because like, no matter how often that I'm always underestimated or overlooked, I can hear you, and I'm like, that's... That's great that you can tell me that, but I'm not thinking about you. So what there I'm going to go. go do is I'm going to go over here and do this. So therefore, yeah. you can sit down and watch this and be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he wasn't thinking about me. So, you know, um, I don't know, man. Like, I just love what I do. And I love and I love it because of the people that I'm around mm-hmm. and the 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 art that's being made and the things that are being said. I mean, like if I just sit back and just wait a second, like I really believe that the universe will put me where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not a religious person. I'm very, you know, spiritual yeah. and you know, I've been through all kind of gamuts yeah. of whatever that is, but yeah. it's it, just to me, it's just it's something like I do work hard. I work very, very hard. Uh just not in the ways that people may expect. This is listen, we are my like mantra every day is like yeah. the universe provides. Yeah, and if you and sometimes you got to just like sit there long enough to see what it's saying. Or then you dig your heels in and get yourself to action and figure yes. that out too. You know, yeah, but and, it's- and like and like, but like, there's this idea I think that like being able to just kind of 
work hard, be ready, be prepared, but be open to like where where life takes you. And look, and be honest because like yeah. let me tell you something. Like nothing in the world told me that I would be doing this show called Atlanta that would then be this huge thing that it became, and that my mother would leave me on the day that we wrapped. Like nothing said that that would happen. Like and, nothing yeah. said. And the backstory for those hearing this: your mother died the day the day that we wrapped Atlanta in a very bad freak oh, car man. accident. You know what I mean? And so for me, it was like, okay, well, you banked on her being here. You know what I mean? You uh. banked on the fact that like, I was going to take her on a road trip. Like, oh, yeah, on a road trip. Man, I was going to take her everywhere. I was like, oh, you've never heard of Martha's Vineyard? Let's go. Huh. Oh, you've never been to, like, the Cloisters? Let's go. Or yeah. you've never been to the Hamptons? Let's go. You know, like, yeah. let me just at least show you that, you know, your son is, I'm ready to get you. I think I was, like, going to take her, like, on a, on a white man finding cruise. I was like, you ain't never slept with a white dude? Like, let's get you a white dude, man. Like, let's go. I'm not yeah. joking. Like, that was what I wanted. And, um, you know, like, I just remember we were at the rap party, and I was having the time of my life, and I remember doing a torrential downpour, and I was just happy because yeah. there's some people who are like, you feel it when it happens, or you yeah. didn't feel anything. Really? All I felt was that I was happy. I had talked to her before I went to this party. Mm-hmm. I had done da 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 mm-hmm. And then the next morning, like just like that, she's gone. So it's like, you don't really know. That was the one thing in the, my 34 years that I hadn't accounted for was that I would have to go through this without my mom. Yeah. And so it's like now... I have no choice in this world but to completely do all the things that she saw in me yeah. beyond. Like, I am not thinking about y'all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm really you not thinking about think, her. I'm thinking about what I have to do yeah. for her, for me. And if these are the gifts that are put inside of me that she wants me to go out there and do, then I'm going to do them, damn it. But I don't have to share that with everybody yeah. about that process. And, yeah. and I think that all of us need to figure that out about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think all of us need to understand that it's okay to keep some to yourself like you don't have to share ain't nobody asking you to make no Barnes and Noble bestseller because you want to give everybody <laughs> life advice like no just, just do it's you. really okay yeah. to keep some to yourself and, and, and move through that because yeah. at the end of the day we all are individuals and we are all nothing but stories anyway so mm. what's your story yeah you know I think your mother would like Atlanta I'm sure she would she pops up in it quite a bit she pops what up in it quite a bit. You, you'll, like, you'll see. Huh. Because you know that Alfred doesn't have his mother. And, and, yeah. You know, so I was like, well, that's interesting. My mother was alive before that happened. Like, mm. I remember saying that line. I was like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he doesn't have his mom. Huh. And then all of a sudden, you know. Wow. And I was like, oh, boy. Well, now what is that? Huh. So that's why I'm very close to Alfred and very protective of Alfred because, like, we are kind of like one of the same cloth, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And I'm not one of those actors, you know, I'm no Daniel Day-Lewis, but, you know, I'm not a big... <laughs> Daniel, get at us. Yeah, I'm not a big... This is his last movie. He ain't doing nothing after this. Allegedly. He's going to retire yeah, like, like Jay-Z did. Right, right, Remember Jay-Z right. retired like three times? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know. I just... uh. Try to be open to what life is going to show that. me, man. And, and like, you just never know what's going to go. But, you know. The universe provides. The universe will provide. Um, before we go, can we talk a bit more about your good friend, Sterling K. Brown? Yeah. And yeah, That dude. Yeah, go ahead. That dude, he seems awesome. He's one of the most amazing people. Like, I honestly don't think I would be as... Um, able to talk about what mm. I'm talking about when it comes mm. to my enjoyment and excitement of acting and mm. performing if it went for him, you know? Like, Why is that? Because we're both geeks when it comes to that, you know what I mean? Like, we met at Sundance years ago. There was a Sundance Theater Lab where I met, um, excuse me, a lot of great people. Yeah. 
You know, and um, you know Terrell Alvin McCraney, who wrote Moonlight. Moonlight. You know, we he, went to y'all were in some plays. That he well, wrote, yeah, right? we we did. Uh, you know, I went to Yale with Terrell, and like oh. you know, I got my first start on theater here doing a play that he wrote called The Brother Size at the Public, and mm-hmm. and then he did the trilogy of those said mm-hmm. plays, and uh, Sterling was in them. Yeah, and the thing that you know, me and Sterling like just in, when I talk about that brother kind of thing, yeah, 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 like yeah, that yeah. fraternal kind of thing. Excuse me, it was immediate. So Look like, at you know how to hit the cough yeah, button. Yeah, I know the cough he button. He knows how to hit the cough button. <laughs> hey. He's getting applause from the engineering hey. booth. <laughs> I'm, I'm about this life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so like, there was nothing greater than to get up every day and go to this theater and do this 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 work and this art with this this person. Yeah. Because like the excitement of watching him talk about like movies that he's watched mm-hmm. or actors that he reveres mm-hmm. and things like that. Like mm-hmm. we had the same kind of thing and here that you know and uh but like the theater the world in itself just kept making it impossible for us to act with each other. Like huh. we would be acting adjacent. Really? You know what I mean? Like there was never any time that we had scenes that we were like together, like we would be adjacent from be- uh-huh. <laughs> each other. Uh, but I just always admired him. Like I like to to know that you had the love of this person that like you know wants to see you shine. Like you winning is him winning, and stuff, yeah. you know. And I learned from him, you know, because he is my elder. He's older than me. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he's How older. Old he? Nah, he's older. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but I read uh, somewhere that you guys bonded because he helped you shave. Oh, I read all the things this, this before I, okay, so I, I prepared. Okay, so Sundance, I had to play a drag queen, and like he was like the house father because you know, like in the drag and especially in the black uh, uh, drag ballroom scene, like there's families and houses. Yeah. So like he was the father. What of would that your house, house be called? My house. If you had to make a house, um, gooey butter cake, I think. <laughs> Because I'm really obsessed with gooey butter cake, and I was like, "That's a great name for it." I was like, I no. I, and "Plus, I think Balenciaga and like all that other stuff is taken." But I was like, "Mine would be really abstract." It I'd be, be like, like, "House of I'm tired." He's uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just House of I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ooh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Anyways, I took but, her off the topic. Yeah, anyway, like I had not shaved my face in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd ever shaved my face because mm-hmm. I was like keeping my facial hair in form of protest. How for long some was reason. it? It was. That's the thing. It never grows. Like I called my facial hair taco meat. Cause it kind my, of, I call my chest taco like meat. I'm telling you meat. everything yeah, today. Like, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, it's like taco meat. And so I was like, well, I can't possibly play this drag queen with all this on my face. But I didn't bring any clippers because we were in Park City, Utah. And you weren't going to find a black barbershop at in Park all. City, Utah. Like, anyway, I was like, man, I'll shave your face, man. I got you, man. I was like, that's love. Like, that's for another love. man to do that for another dude, like, that's love. And then he, like, made sure I kept this little triangle underneath my oh, lip. Oh, you kept your soul patch. Well, we call it soul patch. But he told me that his grandmother told him that it's called the flavor saver. <laughs> Why is it called the flavor? You think about it. Oh, because the food say no, no, that could it could also be uh, for something mm-hmm. else. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, we're friends now. <laughs> like, and the rest is and history. And the rest is history. And he's the guy you're calling the day you both get Emmy nominations. Man, I mean, like that's the beautiful I, thing. I. I, I I don't know, man. He is truly an inspiration. I'm also the godfather to his uh, firstborn son. Andrew, really? Which I still am in shock about. Like, And I love this wow. this, this little man so much. And, uh, How old is, is he? Oh, my God. Andrew's got to be almost seven now. Oh, wow. So, like, but uh, he's g- just growing so fast. My and, godson is eight. 
So you are a godfather. I'm a godfather. So you know the feeling of the being a godfather. It is so great it's because a, like you just get to you get to be there and inspire the good stuff. Which is not what I do. I try to make sure that he undermines his parents all the time oh, see, when okay. I'm not there. So I'm like, yeah, oh, they told you that. Well, you should do this. My new thing is now when I bring him gifts, I try to bring him gifts and his sister gifts that will be like the most annoying to oh, yeah. the parents. That's what godparents are supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love you, Aaron and Moose. Yeah, oh These my are his God. parents. Andrew, you're my favorite. So are you, Amari. I love you as well, man. Uh, this is crazy. So, I mean, uh, you got to go. I would talk. I, we we hey, would. Man, this, look, this is. Hey, I'm I in really, New York. I'm here. I'm literally here. You're literally for months, here. So. Yeah. I'm actually, it's a funny story. I'm here all week. I'm based in D.C. I'm moving wait, back wait, wait, to wait, L.A. Wait, you didn't say anything about that. As I sat here and talked to you about D.C., you didn't say anything about D.C. You're oh, based, yeah. Where in D.C. are you at? I live in Noma, which wasn't a neighborhood five I years know ago. it definitely wasn't. That's north of Massachusetts, right? How do you? Yeah, Because I, I grew up in D.C. for a wait, big part where of my did life. You grow I grew up? up in northeast, southeast D.C., Alabama Ave, Minnesota Ave. I yeah. went to Benning Elementary. My mother oh, taught at like Davis Elementary. Really? And my sisters are still there. They're like... It's the DMV. It's the DMV. So, yeah. Do you go back still? Yes. I try it's to go so back. different uh, now. First of all, U Street. I was first like, of all, H Street. Yeah. I was like, wait, there's a Bonobos? Oh, yeah. Oh, we've got a oh, Warby yeah. Parker here? Now, and now Ivy City's happening, yeah. and I'm like, no one used to Anacostia be there. Anacostia Park used to be where you go on roller skate and you get your ass out before 8 p.m., yeah. and now they're building condos. Oh, dude. Have you been to the wharf yet? Yeah, my family works at the wharf. Yeah, really? my brother-in-law works at the wharf. I yeah. would have. I first got to DC in '09. I would have never imagined a thing like that. Yeah, there. And here's the thing that 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 art installation they have of the man coming out of the sand. Yeah, have you seen that? Uh-huh. So I grew up being terrified of that thing because it <laughs> used to be on, in the mall, like where the like monument was and everything. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother was like, "That's Jesus." You see, that's Jesus Stop. And I would scream. Your like, mom sounds so like my mom. It was terrifying. <laughs> and so now they moved that art installation to the wharf. And yeah. I was like, and I went down there. I was like, I'm not going down those stairs to see that. I don't need to see it. Yeah. And like, my friends are sitting on it. And everyone was like, <laughs> holes, man. Yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah. I, that, that's home, man. Yeah. I yeah. lived in D.C. first from 09 to 2012. Then I was in wow. L.A. at our West Coast Ops for a while. Wow. Then I came back to D.C. because I covered the election. Uh, but at the end of this month, I'm moving back to L.A. Oh, uh, damn. I miss L.A. So will you ever come back to D.C.? Of course. Okay. I mean, because our headquarters are in D.C. And plus, yeah. that's the only place you can get chicken wings and mambo sauce, homie. Like, that's the best, like... Yeah, but you, you know what me, I miss, Why are you looking though? at me like you're crazy? I, like, being in California, it turned me into, like, a California foodie. And so I'm like, sushi. this farm to table. Sushi, there's all this farm to table. But if the you, avocados if are better. you just talked about Ivy City, you don't think D.C. is about to become just like that? Chesapeake Bay's right there. True. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to us. What uh, we just created. Listen, Why this friendship this? will last the ages. <laughs> I am gonna. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be in your circle, and I'm not gonna be a square. No, I don't promise. be a square. You probably be the only square peg that could be in the circle. We just gotta make the circle bigger. That's right. I I really enjoyed this. I am so excited for this renaissance in black prestige yeah, man, film and go. TV. Let's do it. I'm so happy to see your part in that whole landscape. No, thank you. Thank dude. you. It was. Uh, Absolute delight, man, to meet you. Brian Tyree Henry, do not miss Atlanta Season 2, Thursday nights on FX. Uh, Listeners, as always, for our weekly wrap, make sure that you send me the audio of the best thing that happens to you this week, all week, any week, whatever week. Record yourself, send the file to me at samsanders at npr.org, samsanders at npr.org. We are back on Friday. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. Listener.